0: The Joyce Kaufman podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4 Code Red or visit coderedroofers.com. So, I guess I'm supposed to feel really sorry for these like federal prosecutors and judges and who claim they're being threatened because they're involved in the persecution. And prosecution of Donald Trump, never once mentioning that Donald Trump and his family have been subjected to horrendous threats, you know, including going to jail for hundreds of years. But hey, I'm supposed to feel more sympathetic towards the Department of Justice, which I believe is just run amok. I don't think anybody should threaten a judge or threaten a prosecutor or threaten a president or a former president. But it kind of goes with the territory now. They wouldn't even give a Secret Service person to guard Robert F. Kennedy Jr. who's running. Now, it's not bad enough that they're not giving the candidate protection. We're talking about a man whose father was assassinated, whose uncle was assassinated and who bears the same name you would think they'd be a little more sensitive in his case than less sensitive but hey they don't want to run a chance of it not being joe biden apparently although the word on the street and i'm sure you've heard it as well as read about it they're trying to get rid of joe biden they know he can't he can't win. He's now behind Trump in numerous polls that so many that, that the media has to report on it. And he keeps opening mouth and inserting foot. This weekend, he couldn't say LL Cool J's name. He called him, I don't know, I forgot, but it was not LL Cool J. It was a lot of L's. And then he referred to him as a he said, the, by the way, the boy's got that, oh, I mean that man's got biceps bigger than my thighs. Okay. When you're Joe Biden's age, when you're my age, and you are referring to a black man, you do not say boy. It's a racist term. Trust me, any Republican saying it would be pilloried so I was shocked. I didn't think any liberals would even bring it up because they cover up for him so much. But this morning Charlemagne the God on the Breakfast Club, he said, hey, a man that age knows that boy is racist. He fully understands the word boy in the racial context around a white man referring to a black man is boy. Uh, you know, Charlemagne, I think it's from South Carolina. And when you use that word, it takes on a whole different meaning. And he thought the most egregious moment of the speech was when he got LL's name wrong to begin with. Why did the audience laugh? They should have been correcting him on the spot. Who knows, was it Joe Biden or the teleprompter or just the fact that he was raised in Delaware, went to Delaware schools. I mean, you should not need a teleprompter to know there's not two Js in LL Cool J. I mean, this is a man who's been rapping since President Joe Biden was 40 years old or 45 years old. He's been famous for at least 35 years. There's not too many more recognizable celebrities on the entire planet. It's not like Joe Biden was speaking on somebody relatively new, someone he wasn't familiar with in any way, shape, or form. But this is an example, Charlemagne said, doesn't matter how many black people you're around. It doesn't matter how many black people you have in your administration. If it's not authentic, then it won't come off as authentic. So go figure. You can see the video, by the way, of that. Washington Post poll today showing a double-digit lead by Donald Trump over Joe Biden. And this is a man... Who is facing multiple criminal indictments. And according to the Real Clear Politics average, Trump has a slight lead over Biden by a little less than 2%, while the four polls showed the uh, the tide. But the WAPO, the Washington Post, NBC, or ABC rather, ABC News poll showed Trump ahead of Biden by 10 points. Go figure the Washington Post. I mean, I don't think that they'd cut Donald Trump a break. This is going to be a interesting period of time. I was telling somebody the other day that this is really one of the most interesting elections of my lifetime. And I've lived through some pretty interesting elections, but this one just violates every standard the way it's being reported on, the way the public is managing to tune out so many different things. We got a public who is deliberately dumbed down by an educational system in this country which has fallen apart. Not falling apart, has fallen apart. People don't know how to interpret things, don't know how to analyze things. They depend on analysts for everything. You know, I'm grateful because I get to be an analyst. But think about that. When I was growing up, nobody provided political analysis for you. You got some stories about the various politicians. They made speeches. They had debates. And then you analyzed the information you had been given and made a decision based on your analysis. Now... People have lost the skill. They don't do their own analysis. They turn on whatever network happens to, well, happens to agree with their opinions. You know, if you're a conservative, you're watching a conservative station and reading conservative publications. If you're a liberal, you can watch everything else, which is most of it. And you can read just about anything you want go to an aggregate news site and you'll get nothing but New York Times, Washington Post, USA, World News, you know, every liberal outlet, BBC, you'll get all that stuff. But if that's all you read and you never understand the facts, then you are an ignorant voter. And I don't mean dumb. I don't think people are dumb. I just think that they don't have the facts. They don't even know anything about this prosecution of Donald Trump other than whatever the headline screams out. Violated this. But no real factual, what's the constitutionality of this? None of that. And then they get upset because you have a candidate in Donald Trump who's crowing when a Washington Post ABC poll puts him up 10 points, most of the analysts, including me, would tell you that's ridiculous. That's absurd. He's not up 10 points. How could you even say that with a straight face? And I want him to win. And I'm sure that, you know, his crowing about it, uh, I would too, if I was him. Now they've decided that they are going to have this Newsom-DeSantis debate. That should tell you something. Now, if you were allowed to process that information without having a particular bias person giving you that information, and look, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a conservative, so I'm biased. I don't make any pretenses about it. I'm also... I'm not unhappy with my governor. I just didn't want him to run for the presidency. But he's a tremendous governor. So if a governor of a failing state like California is going to debate a governor of a prospering state, although it's getting very expensive here, Governor DeSantis, people are struggling. We don't seem to be uh, managing that. But if you're going to have a debate between two governors, why not these two? Now, if you're setting it up as a potential presidential debate, then Gavin Newsom has to declare his candidacy or else it's not a presidential debate. The media does what it wants. That's the problem. And right now the media wants to make Donald Trump look like he's losing in every way, shape, or form. Now we look at stories, and by the way, Ron DeSantis, of all the stupid stories I ever read, now they got this book out by Michael Wolfe, all right, and he was interviewed by somebody on, on the internet, some liberal website, and he said that Tucker Carlson told him that Ron DeSantis shoved and possibly kicked Tucker Carlson's dog. Now, What kind of story is that? It's like it's like the story about Mitt Romney putting the dog on his roof. It's a political hit job of the worst kind. The the book is something called The, the Fall, The End of Fox News and the Murdoch Dynasty. Look. That may very well be an interesting book because I believe that you are seeing the end of the Fox News and Murdoch dynasty because Murdoch, uh, Rupert stepped aside and Lachlan isn't going to have a conservative media outlet. I don't believe that. So this will probably be an interesting book because he did a lot of interviews with people. But for him to say that Tucker Carlson told him that Ron DeSantis kicked his dog and both Tucker Carlson and Ron DeSantis are denying this story. Okay. Now, Granted, I do believe that Tucker Carlson's wife Susie didn't like Ron DeSantis, for whatever reason. She didn't want to be near anybody like him again. And I don't think Tucker Carlson particularly liked him after that awkward interview that they did. But think about this. Tucker Carlson told the insider that he never touched my dog Of course, Ron DeSantis said, I would never kick any dog, never mind the dog of somebody interviewing me. Why is this a story? Why? Because what they're trying to say and what they're trying to make us believe is that Tucker Carlson is actually giving information to the left. That's the only reason they could possibly float this story is that he would tell an obviously leftist journalist or uh, author that Ron DeSantis kicked his dog. I just, I'm so tired of their shenanigans. How are people supposed to vote if the only thing they hear are these salacious, stupid stories that are completely biased in one direction or another? They don't care. They don't care if you're ill-equipped to vote because they've already decided who's going to lead the Uniparty. It doesn't matter if it's a Republican or a Democrat at this point. They'll do what they're told. That's what I get the feeling when I see this kind of reportage. This isn't even reporting. This is this is what Derek does. I mean, my son is in the gossip business. And apparently, now so are major news outlets. And while I don't mind devoting 15 minutes a week to it, I, you, you can't pretend it's serious news, can you? Any more than you could look at some of these headlines and not wonder how on earth anybody could not believe the truth. Like Bob Menendez, he's not resigning. He told his critics to pause. Okay, I can't wait to hear his explanation of wads of cash stuffed in clothes. Oh, it was for emergencies? Even I put it in a safe. Don't forget to download the app, the 850 WFTL app. That way you can listen to all the podcasts. New podcasts came down today. It's a little confused. I did three different subjects, and I'm not usually like that. I usually stick to one subject and do one long form, but I was just too many things to talk about. Long COVID, I had to talk a little bit about that. Um, Election stuff, I had to talk a little bit about that. And then a very, very interesting piece. Of course, I always get so much information from uh, Barry Weiss's publication, Free Press. And it's an interesting piece. You should definitely download the app so you can listen to it or go to the website, 850wftl.com. Let me take a quick break. I'll be right back. So, you know, it's fascinating. I don't know about the rest of you, but I am not a football fan. But in Florida, there's a lot of football fans. And I went out to dinner last night, and then I went out with some friends to a meeting, and I've got to tell you, nobody was talking about anything except the Dolphins. So I had to try and figure out what happened. Apparently, This new Dolphins team has nothing but like track, former track stars on it. And a quarterback by the name of Tua Tagovailoa, whatever, however you pronounce that last name, the dude is like a big uh, Hawaiian or Samoan. And he kept throwing the ball Apparently, last night, I didn't watch the game, but afterwards, well, actually, I looked up in the restaurant a couple of times and saw people going crazy, and they had 70 points, or 70, yeah, 70 points to 20 points by a pretty good team. From what I understood, it's not like they were playing a a no-name team. It was the Denver Broncos, and they just kept running 726 yards. I think it was only once in history. All I could find was one other time when that many you know, yards were run in an NFL game. So, wow. You know, congratulations. And to you Dolphin fans who have endured so much humiliation since... Uh, I don't know, since I moved here, basically. And once the the great team that had an undefeated season was gone, it it just became a joke, the Dolphins. But it wasn't a joke yesterday. Mostart, this kid Raheem Mostart, is the fastest player in the NFL. Amazing. And everybody else, Tyreek Hill, a bunch of these other kids are all track stars. So go... Go Dolphins. I mean, I'm not going to go see a game and I'm not going to be wearing a dolphin jersey, but I think that's interesting that you have now different types of athletes making a difference in a game that generally was all about, you know, bashing people with your big body in, in, into their heads and causing all kinds of brain damage. Now you just got to be fast so you run away and you don't get bashed, I guess. I don't know. I'll have to watch it, but congratulations. I know a lot of Dolphin fans, and they got to be feeling really good today, 70 to 20. When, when did you... That's like a score from a, uh, a basketball game, not from a football game. But that's what happened yesterday. So now the new headline, stupid headline, because I have to... There's no smart headlines, so i got to give you the stupid headlines, right? The new stupid headline is that Donald Trump was at some gun show, and I guess it was at an armory. He was on a campaign stop in South Carolina, and he talks to the guy. They have a video of him saying, oh, you know, I would like to, to buy that gun. And it was a Glock. Now, Donald Trump probably owns guns, but Donald Trump cannot buy or receive any new guns because he is under investigation. He's under a federal. So of course they went crazy. The news guys. Oh, the video. Uh, He's talking about wanting to buy the gun. Is it an offhanded comment? I'd be shocked if Palmetto State Armory would actually let him try to buy a gun from them. So, of course, all the reporters were probably gathered around, and uh, they finally, Kristen Holmes from CNN, finally posted on X, formerly known as Twitter, she said, Trump campaign spokesman Stephen Chung clarifies to CNN that former President Donald Trump did not N.O.T. purchased a firearm at the armory in Somerville, South Carolina on Monday. But boy, they just attacked. He could have actually raised a constitutional challenge if he was prohibited. Um, And the Supreme Court recently interpreted the Second Amendment in that Bruin case, which, by the way, is probably the strategy that Hunter Biden's lawyers are going to use. What is going on in our country? I mean, you've got to admit, these are some very concerning, troubling times. And it's interesting that, you know, Donald Trump won't stop talking. He was on uh, his, web, his uh, platform, Truth Social, all weekend, screaming about uh, NBC News and MSNBC. Last night he was saying he's going to investigate them. For country-threatening treason, and he's always criticized the fake news and media outlets, calls them the enemy of the people, even the ones who provide him with uh, favorable coverage. Now, with four criminal indictments, he's really getting uh, getting angry, and he threatened to have Comcast, which is the parent company of NBC News and MSNBC, investigated. He has to be careful, even though they are all dishonest and they are all corrupt and they are all one-sided and the coverage by MSLSD and NBC, uh, you know, or MSDNC, as he calls it, you, you you can criticize, but you can't threaten. And when he wins the presidency, and I'm now more confident than ever that he will win the presidency... He can do things like investigate, but he can't threaten to do them beforehand. Only Democrats get away with that, just in case you didn't know. They can threaten anything. But I was talking about Bob Menendez before because I find this so fascinating. Bob Menendez is on a sinking ship and doesn't seem to realize that. That's pretty fascinating because the man's been a political person for decades, And now he's saying, I am not going to resign. And, you know, and, and he's making all these excuses for why they found this money at his home. He says, the cash was from my savings account. And he did the statement in both English and Spanish from Union City, New Jersey. Now, I worked in Union City, New Jersey, Wow, back in 19, I I got pregnant with my daughter at the end of that job. So it was like 1974 to 76. And Union City was the second largest Cuban population in the country. Only Miami had more Cubans than Union City. So yesterday, this is his political stomping ground. Yesterday, he and, and his wife made statements in English and in Spanish because they were both slapped with federal corruption charges. He's 69 years old, another youthful ver- member of, of the administrations, and New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy has called for him to resign AOC called for him to resign. I mean, everybody wants him to resign right now. And he said, no, those gold bars were not bribes. The cash was from his savings account. And if you look at my actions related to Egypt during the period described in this indictment and throughout my whole career, my record is clear and consistent. I've always held Egypt accountable for its unjust detention of American citizens and others, its human rights abuses, its deepening relationship with Russia. So this guy just happened to keep piles of cash from his savings account in his home for emergencies. Stuffed in envelopes, mind you. Anybody believe that he had 100,000 in gold bars sitting around his house and, I don't know, bought them from one of the You know the the companies that uh, Dan Bongino or somebody else is recommending. Yeah, this is Bob. We've been watching you for years, and you're gonna have to get you know you're gonna have to get this straightened out from a civilian status. And then, of course, he played the Cuban card because he's the son of Cuban immigrants, and even AOC was outraged by that. He said, the allegations leveled against me are just allegations. If you've known me through my 50 years of public service, oh my God, you're 69, you've been in public service for 50 years. That means since you were 19, you've never had a job where I, the taxpayer, didn't pay your salary. That's grotesque. He said, my advocacy has always been grounded in what I learned from growing up as a son of a Cuban refugee, especially my mom, my hero, Evangelina Menendez, everything I've accomplished that I've worked for despite the naysayers and everyone who underestimated me. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So it's bigotry. That's why you're under investigation. So why is Donald Trump under investigation? Oh, that's right. He's a white male. Anyway, let me take a break. Um, I have two more segments left, so don't, don't touch that dial. I'll be right back. So I mentioned, I think on Friday, either Thursday or Friday, that they found a body in a 14-foot alligator, and now they have finally identified the victim Sabrina Peckham, age 41, was identified by police Saturday as the victim being dragged by the beast in a canal along a residential street in Largos, it's West Coast, a small community four miles south of Clearwater. The homeless woman was caught by Pinellas County deputies around 6.30 back in July, 6.30 a.m. July 14th, for trespassing on poor wetland just half a mile from where she was found dead on Friday. She apparently ignored all the posted signs that said, don't come in here. She pleaded no contest to the misdemeanor and was released on September 8th and fined $500. So she was apparently a transient woman, a homeless woman, She had a history of run-ins with police dating back to 2014, including multiple charges for trespassing. She also had multiple drug and theft convictions lodged against her. Investigators still trying to determine whether she was killed by the gator. Yeah, I think she probably was killed by the gator. I mean, he was dragging her down the canal. Somebody was on their way to a job interview. Imagine this, you're walking along or driving along on your way to a job interview and you spot this 14-foot alligator carrying a body. He rushed immediately to the nearby fire department and then the authorities who mainly killed the massive reptile. What's up with all these like alligator attacks lately? Am I just paying more attention to them? Because it seems to me that this is happening quite frequently. And bears in Disney World, they're gonna send us all back inside. I'm just watching all of the things line up for us to be told to go inside or social distance and put on masks and all the rest of it. It's like a scary time. Anybody who would say otherwise is obviously uh, not paying any attention. Well, that's easy to do. People aren't watching the news They don't want to see news like this. And that's what they're getting. Everything is dramatic and horrifying and celebrity nonsense. I got another rapper who put pictures of his little kid's genitals on some site. We have like no morals left. This is a whole um, collapse of civil society. And it's happening right in front of you. Right in front of me. And people want to talk about the most ridiculous stuff ever. You know, the border is wide open. People are streaming by the thousands into our country every day. We have no idea who they are, what their intentions are. We're not allowed to talk about it. Instead, we got to talk about indictments against former presidents, we got to talk about every silly thing that you can imagine. But nobody wants to talk about the fact that on Friday, the Department of Homeland Security released the number of border encounters. I covered it, but I didn't hear it anywhere else. I didn't hear anybody else cover it. That the number of encounters in August, that was last month, was 304,162 which is an additional 60,000 from the encounters in July. So, so far in this year, 2023, we're at the end of September. We've had almost 3 million illegal aliens that have been encountered at our borders. So that does not include the gotaways. So if 3 million, it's 2,860,127 was the number for so far in this fiscal year. If that's how many we encountered, I got to figure that there must have been another 2 million that we didn't encounter that just are now here somewhere in this country. And this was just one day after Corinne Jean-Pierre said that the surge at the border is simply a result of seasonal trends as she like shrugs off criticism and says there's no border crisis. The numbers just ebb and flow. So far today, I'm looking at the counter on the FAIR website just turned to 5,198 encounters today. Okay? And it's three hours earlier in most of those border states. So There's a lot of time left for people to come across that border today. This is absolute insanity. In 2017, when Donald Trump was instituting some controls, there were 310,531 illegal border crossings that were apprehended. The following year, 2018, 404,142. Then twenty nineteen it went all the way up to eight hundred and sixty thousand five hundred. In twenty twenty it dropped back down to six hundred and forty six thousand. And in twenty twenty one, we're at two million. In twenty twenty two we're at two and three quarters million. And so far this year we're almost at three million. What does that tell you? The numbers are doubling. The the Customs and Border Patrol has seized more than 25,000 pounds of fentanyl just this year compared to 12,000 over the same period last year. More than 45,500 inadmissible aliens were processed by the Customs and Border Patrol at ports of entry appointments on the CBP One app. These are inadmissible aliens, meaning they come from places and they have a history of un-American activities. Come on, guys. So the administration refuses to even admit there's a crisis at the border. Community MPF says, just a trend, you know, just a seasonal trend. So the growing numbers of migrants that are entering illegally and the impact they're having on communities all across the country can now be categorized as what? A disaster, an invasion. It's a disaster that was created and perpetuated by the policies of this administration, but that's okay because, you know, they're just going to keep us looking at this shiny thing. Oh, Donald Trump said this, and oh, Ron DeSantis kicked a dog. But uh, an open border and a border crisis raging. Congress debating how to fund the federal government. Don't forget about that. Including funding the Department of Homeland Security and the Border Patrol. There are 10 days until the end of the fiscal year. And if Congress does not pass a spending package, the government shuts down and only essential workers will be allowed to report to duty. Okay. So much for funding a wall. Or any physical barrier, any limits on our asylum and parole laws. So much for having an interior enforcement, uh, and a, you know, agents able to go out there. And oh, we're we're talking about uh, you know Donald Trump's tweets. Do they call them tweets on Truth Social? Probably not. Keep your eyes on the shiny thing, my friend. Don't look at the real news. And don't try to make up your mind about how you're going to vote. This whole no labels thing—I did a whole piece on that today in my no restraint podcast. That's gonna—it's gonna challenge the the election cheaters. It really is. They're gonna have to cheat cheat twice as much. Oh gosh, somebody's got to tell you the truth. Don't forget coming up after me, Eric Erickson, and then the evening characters and all of. The normal programming will start again tomorrow morning at six o'clock with Jen and Bill in the morning show, the South Florida Morning Show at nine o'clock, Brian Kilmeade at noon. Dan Bongino comes on. I finished his book. I read his entire book this weekend. It was fabulous. As a matter of fact, I used it in my, uh, my weekly message at church. That's how good this book was. And then I'll be back at three o'clock tomorrow. But I have one segment left, so don't don't go anywhere yet. Well, at least the governor of Texas is uh, calling it an invasion. He he made a declaration actually uh, in the wake of all these illegal aliens coming up. We're up to since I talked about how many illegal aliens had come into the country so far today, 50 more have come in since the beginning of my last segment. 51 now. Y- you can't you can't call it anything else. So Governor Abbott reissued his declaration of invasion on September 20th and deployed more Texas National Guard, the Texas Department of Public Safety, and local law enforcement personnel to the Texas border. And this was after the Biden administration told federal agents to cut the razor wire in Eagle Pass, which the Texas National Guard troops had put up there to stop them from illegally crossing into Texas. So now the governor has been denied the the ability to protect the residents of his state, which is, by the way, the oath he swears when he became the governor. He called this an invasion with an executive order back in July of 2022, and that's when he first authorized state troops to intervene. And he had to have legal grounds for that. He invoked provisions of both The U.S. and the Texas Constitution, Article 4, Section 4 of the U.S. Constitution, which requires the federal government to protect the states against invasion, and then Article 1, Section 10 of the U.S. Constitution, which impliedly authorizes the states to engage in military action if they're actually invaded, or, quote, or if in such imminent danger as will not admit of delay, end quote. And then the Texas Constitution, Article 4, Section 7, authorizes the governor to call forth the militia to repel an invasion. And at the end of the order, he declared, therefore I, Greg Abbott, governor of Texas, by virtue of the power and authority vested in me by the Constitution and laws of the state of Texas, do hereby authorize and empower the Texas National Guard and the Texas Department of Public Safety. Somebody... Had to do it, and Governor Abbott did it, and he's continuing to do it. And there's been over 1.2 million encounters in Texas alone. Just in the past couple of days, more than 4,000 have crossed into Eagle Pass, Texas. So the mayor there has declared an emergency. You cannot allow this to go on. How on earth can they think that Joe Biden is going to get reelected with this? Come on, guys. Those of you who worry about Texas turning purple or Texas turning blue, uh, sixty-four illegal border crossings took place today, and 3,000 of them were in Texas. Uh, I thank you for your time this time. Until next time, my plan is to be back here tomorrow at 3, if it be his will, and he delays his coming. What lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us, so wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. And applaud Governor Abbott. God bless you, and God protect the United States of America. See you tomorrow.